When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Thursday, December 22nd, and I guess my parents are going somewhere, but um, been on YouTube Live for 31 minutes. So if you are um, tuning in and you want to go back, just look at your timestamp at 31 minutes, and that should be where you go. There's also a transcript that you can just type in um, the symbol that you want to look at, and I'm usually pretty good about um, making sure that I mention the symbol. But if not, you know, again, just look at the timestamp and you'll be able to look at those, um, those things. So um, here is Spy. So traditionally, historically, uh, the final five trading days of the year and the first two of the next year, uh, that's what's referred to as the Santa Claus rally. Um, they are historically strong. Um, Thursday is today. It is opening up week. Remember what I always say. Uh, you know, <laughs> what, what, let's quote Matt Damon. Fortune favors the brave. <laughs> um, God, I'm pulling in Matt Damon, you know, uh, crypto tw- uh, quotes. But here's, here's Spy. Um, so, sorry, I had to pause the podcast real quick. Dog came in. But you want to buy on down days, and it's hard. It's super hard, specifically in this market, um, and specifically because we're bouncing off of that that gap, and there's a lower gap here. Uh, and I'm showing SPY on the screen for anybody who's wondering. Um, you've got the button hook of the MACD that is starting to come up, but it hasn't crossed up, but your RSI is already at 44. Uh, you had an interview with David Tepper today on CNBC where pretty much, I mean, he pretty much said, do not buy, don't do anything. You got to be patient. And, and while I think there's going to be a Santa Claus rally, because I think we've sold off here, you can see where we've gone in December. Um, December is one of my, my personal worst months uh, of the year. And, and I think I only had two positive months this year to date. Um, uh, because my overall portfolio, again, Apple is the large portion of my portfolio. It tracks, uh, I, I was tracking against the NASDAQ for the majority of the year, um, but I made some switches and it's tracking more towards the S&P now, I believe, but Apple kind of runs my portfolio. So while I say yeah, I'm down, I think most people should be down because if you're not down, then you're playing a game where you're probably in and out of the market. Uh, and over the long term, you're just not going to beat the market. So um, from a SPY perspective, I think we've saw that, seen those two positive, those basically we saw a positive candle on December 20th. Um, we saw a red candle um, in the afternoon. And then we saw two positive candles yesterday where you closed higher than you opened. That's all that means. But they are super, super tiny. Yesterday's afternoon candle only has a 0.13% period. 
Your low was 385. Your high was 387. Not super, super big move. The morning yesterday, your low was 382. Your high was 387. So you've kind of hit that 387 both in both one, uh, both candles. Um, today, you're opening up lower. And Micron earnings had a lot to do with it. Uh, Micron, nothing they said yesterday was positive. Um, let me see if I even put notes because I, I basically, yeah, Micron missed. Uh, like I said, they would. Um, they pretty much gave horrible guidance um, going forward and said, we don't know when this kind of quote unquote um, uh, weaker guidance, chip demand uh, goes by. Um, so they're just kind of sitting there, not necessarily doing anything, blah, blah, blah. But Santa Claus rally, yeah, should be good. Um, Jackie from Instagram reached out, and I want to make sure I, I say this right. Um, she read, she says, I imagine others would enjoy hearing your insights as well. Here are the questions specifically speaking of Boyle and KOLD, SOXL, XOSS, and finally TQQ and SQQQ. So it's all the triple levered ETFs. If I'm correct, these inherently depreciate uh, in value over time as what is a good indicator uh, that it has moved to a lower price channel. Um, she's asking what's a good indicator. Specifically, how many times of breaking this lower resistance level would you say indicate it's, uh, it's a new price channel? If something dips for a day, comes back up to a normal price channel level, um, you know, she's, she's basically saying, okay, how do I trade these? Well, the reality is I, I, I don't, I, sometimes I swing trade them, but the majority of time I'm an active trader pro and I'm scalping these. So let's take KOLD because KOLD is just a monster these days. Um, this is a five day, five minute chart. You know, you, you take a look at this and you did lose some confirmation here in after hours, but during the days, you pretty much had confirmation on a five-minute chart. Let's shrink it down to a two-day and take a look at yesterday um, in pre-market. Am I worried about dips like this? Probably not. You, you've got it. And, and again, it's, it's the way that you do this. If you want to scalp this one, then you basically take a five-minute chart on Active Trader Pro and when you use a nine-day, and when it's under that nine-day, you don't trade it, you sell it. When it starts to lose its, its mojo, you basically get rid of it. Um, there's no good, other good way that I know to trade these. Now, you could take, uh, if we go back to Safari and we look at um, KOLD. We look at KOLD. And I was going this over this on YouTube Live. Um, you see that button hook up here? This is why my algorithm doesn't always work. It's a four-hour window. These things move really quickly. So most likely, historically, you would look at this and say, yeah, I'm going to sell this at 2122. But if you get greedy as fuck, you're going to hold on to it. Well, here, you had a great buy-in here at $12. It got you out with a 2% gain here on December 13th. So from two weeks, November 30th to December 13th, you had basically a 2% move. But up here, this was what? Almost 100% gain? Uh, uh, you know, 80% gain that you could have gotten out of when you see that button hook um, in this, if you have to identify, you have to, and I say this all the time, 
you have to identify where you're in, uh, where you're out. When you buy it, identify upside and downside. I bought Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is not doing well right now. It's back down to the price that that I bought it at. Am I worried? Eh, not really. Um, $40.50 was where I bought it. Could have gotten out at about 43, I think, in the past, uh, you know, after I bought it here. 42.56 it hit. Um, I think it hit 43 in the aftermarket. Not quite sure. But I identified, hey, I want at $40.50, I want at least 44 uh, on the upside. Uh, if I'm going to reconsider rebuying it, I'm going to get out at 36. Identify your in and out on the upside and downside. Simple as that. Um, you know, you've got to do that before you, you actually buy. If you do that before you buy, then you're not asking some guy on the internet, Hey, when should I get out? <laughs> Somebody did that yesterday and I scolded him, uh, in the Facebook group. Um, three rules. Uh, first is identify your in and out on the downside and upside when you buy it. Second rule, don't listen to some douche on the internet like me. We don't know anything more than you guys do. Um, you know, I had somebody, I told this story before, uh, my cousin trades GameStop and I pegged her to get out of GameStop at like three or 400, um, per share. And she's like, no, to the moon, to the moon, to the moon. And she stayed in. Um, she bought it five great trade to 300, um, bad trade when you're holding on to 25. Um, but you know, again, you got to identify your upside and downside. She identified her upside. It's long-term and kudos to her for, for sticking to that. Um, I even, you know, even Apple, I mean, God, Apple is my mainstay. Uh, if you would have traded Apple many times, Let's look at this. Uh, we'll go to a weekly chart of Apple just because, you know, hey, maybe I should have sold um, back here where it hit 180 in, in August. Uh, maybe I should have sold back here in January where it hit close to 182. Uh, maybe I should have done that. Maybe I should have sold here uh, January 27th of 2020 and then rebought at the COVID lows. Maybe I should have sold down here in September 21st where it was down at, uh, you know, 108. You just can't time it. Identify your in and out. So, um, yeah, AJ says I'm I'm his favorite douche on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, rule number three: never listen to Jim Cramer. I haven't gone on a Cramer rant in quite a while, but never listen to Jim Cramer. But yeah, Jackie, I mean, it's 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 very personal. Trading is very very personal, and if you're listening to somebody, they will lead you down a wrong path at some point in time. Just like I've led down people down a wrong path too. Um, if you guys listened back in April, um, some of the OGs back in April, um, I had led everybody to Shopify. <laughs> and let's take a look at this nightmare. Uh, I said April has a hundred percent win in Shopify. Um, yeah, well, it didn't. <laughs> um, here's a monthly of Shopify. And if we go back to, uh, there's April. I mean, look at the slide. I said, yeah, it's going to bounce. It didn't fucking bounce. Um, it was down 37% in April. So I will lead you down a wrong path just as much as I will lead you down a right path. Um, just like Kramer will lead you down a wrong path, just like he will lead you down a right path. Kramer has been absolutely 100% right about Boeing. Um, he said, buy Boeing. 
when it dips. Um, you wanted to buy Boeing when it dipped. Honestly, uh, look at this, 129. Got it's at 195 right now. So um, yeah, uh, you want to absolutely make your buys and sells on information. That's why I tell people to get TrendSpider and why I give away my algorithm. My algorithm isn't perfect. It's a guide. The indicators that you use are a guide. And when, when you're using these triple levered, you can't identify uh, absolutely 100% when they're in the channel. You basically go from a long-term perspective of right now, KOLD is clearly in an upward state. Um, look at that. See, see how the 200-day the is continuing down, but the 50-day the is bouncing off of it. So it, it, it's going to be in an upward state. And when you're in an upward state on the long term, you can go short term and, and probably be okay, but identify your downside. So yeah, it's, it's super hard. And, and uh, David Tepper was on, and he made a great point. He said, listen, I'm, I'm an optimistic guy. Uh, I don't like playing the short of a stock market. I don't like betting against the US. I'm the same way. I'd rather make my money going long than short. Um, and Tesla's a great example. And, and I'm jumping all over the place. But Tesla is just a, a, a perfect example. If you guys were on YouTube earlier today, um, Carter Worth, I, I showed it um, uh, from, I retweeted it last night. Carter Worth said, we no longer want to be short Tesla. Indeed, our thinking here is to initiate some small longs. He wants to initiate small longs. Um, I still say, I don't think you time this. I think you wait. That MACD is still in a downward trend. You're still on the bottom end of that Bollinger Band. If you get this button hook here, then I think you can enter in. This is why my algorithm is so important to me. Because I don't go in for these longs. The, the RSI is at 21. And he points out on his charts that the RSI is super low. And it's been like this three other times in recent history. And he does think that, boom, you can kind of time it. Now, he's, he's looking at longs. Uh, I'm looking at putting the 50% that I got out in July. And I'm looking like a genius now. I wasn't looking like a genius when I got out uh, here. Uh, right before earnings. And I said, you know, I just don't feel comfortable. And I think I sold at 230, 240, somewhere around there. It rode all the way up to 320, 330. Um, and then it just sank. And it just, you know, kind of went down. So I didn't time it. I, I just played a hunch. I took 50% of my position off. I have 50% in the bank. I can buy it again. So you don't want to do that. And remember, um, Jackie, those triple levered ETFs are not part of my long-term play. They are decaying assets. So anything more than a week, you're just kind of taking it for granted. Um, there have been months where this thing on my algorithm has been a buy, but I would indicate that you probably should sell on a Friday and just buy on a Monday if that's the case, because a weekend, you, you can get killed um, on a weekend. By the way, breaking news, Google's YouTube just signed the deal with the NFL. Uh, that is bullish for Google. So GOOG is the play because you don't want GOOGL. GOOG is what they buy when they, when they do stock buybacks. So Jackie, hopefully that answers your question. I don't know that it's 100% answering your question, 
But in my mind, it, it's very personal. I think those triple levered ETFs, whatever you're trading, whether it's natural gas, whether it's oil, uh, whether it's copper, whether it's silver, any of those things, you can find triple levered ETFs for pretty much anything. You can find them for chips. You can find them for healthcare. You can find them for pretty much anything. But it's a super, super uh, quick trade in my mind. And I have used it as a strategy before, for instance, um, energy. You can find a triple levered energy um, ETF, and I'll do some research if you guys want. But, you know, the other G, like I tell everybody in my life, the other G that you want to um, uh, rely on for information is Google. <laughs> Not just Gary. Google is your best friend. Um, you know, go and look up energy ETFs. Uh, I've got, you know, like I said on YouTube Live earlier, I've got triple digits, high triple digits in uh, energy these days. Um, six figures, I mean. Um, so, you know, you do want to, if you want, if you think that that stuff's going down and you're in a tax, um, a brokerage account where you're going to get taxed on it and you don't, you may want long-term capital gains because it's 15% versus maybe you're a high income earner and you're earning like $140,000, $150,000 a year and you're going to get taxed um, based on your tax rate, uh, your income tax rate, and it's going to be like a 30% tax um, if you sell it as a short-term gain versus a long-term capital gains. So know your tax situation. I'm not your tax advisor, um, but know your tax situation. Uh, I have not done that. So <laughs> Sandeep Kumar wrote to me, uh, you don't have to cover this right away, um, but I have a few scenarios of COVID darlings that are beaten down crazy, and he's debating if he should DCA or sell and harvest tax loss. Um, MTTR. Uh, let's see. I'm not going to say where you bought it at. That's too much information. Matterport. This is a. It's interesting. I. I. At, you know. I, I'm. I'm a hustler uh, on like in my own mind, uh, I, I tell you guys I'm lazy as F all the time, but I'm a hustler. And I bought a 3D camera. And Matterport, during the, um, the real estate boom of the last couple of years, Matterport is a software program that if you go into Zillow and you look at a 3D um, version of a house where you can kind of click through and you can see those photos, Matterport does that. It's the software that does that. Um, they are not great product, bad business. Uh, they don't make money. And they came out with a valuation that was huge. Price to sales is six. That's huge. Uh, they're expected to lose 690%. They're expected to gain um, earnings per share 30% next year. It's down 87%. This was a f uh, basically, Sandeep Kumar is right, a, a COVID favorite. Um, ironically, the current candle, it has a buy at $2.65. Um, you're in the same situation I am where I've got some big losers and my thing is over the next couple of days, I'm going to take some tax loss harvesting. I am going to take some of my probably Apple profits and I'm going to go against what, what I always say, but I'm going to take some of my Apple profits. And I think my average cost per share on some of my long-term Apple is like two or $5 per share. I'm going to take some of that. I'm going to sell some of my long-term losers uh, and I'm going to take that capital and I'm going to take David Tepper's advice and I'm going to hold on to that capital. And then probably in the next year, I'm going to start deploying that capital into better sectors and readjust my portfolio. 
So Matterport, while I say you don't necessarily want to get out because it just crossed up, look at all the cross-ups. The performance of the algorithm, um, Sandy Kumar, you lose 73% in the algorithm. You lose 75% in just buying and holding over 1,000 candles. Let me make, yeah, 1,000 candles. 31 positions, your average win is 11%. And that's only because you had some fairly big winners back here. Um, and I think it's before this year. Let's see. Um, yeah. Look at those. Win like, this is 4%, 4 3%, um, 2%. But if we go back 1,000 candles, I've got to bring this back. It's a couple of years. Um, yeah. 14%. You can see, but I, I, I'd probably get rid of it. I'd probably tax loss harvest. Um, that's the first one he says to do, 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 do. Yeah. I'd say readjust. That would be my thing. Um, Alexandra on Instagram. Hey Gary, I'm listening to your pod now. I'm curious if you give an opinion on, oh, Oshkosh, OSK. Now I, I thought this was, the kids' clothing. Um, let me see. But she seems to think, yeah, it's farming heavy farm equipment. That's what's crazy. I thought this was the kids' clothing. I was telling her, I said, hey, you got kids? I don't have kids. I don't buy Oshkosh. I'm, I'm tiny, but I ain't that tiny. Um, you know, my, my, my teddy bear might dress up in Oshkosh, but not me. Uh, but uh, it's trash. Now, here's what stands out to me right now. Look at these downgrades, and it's all this year. Price target is about 92. You're trading at about 88 right now. It's been beaten down. Uh, 64 PE, super expensive. Down 21% year to date. You're 29% below. You're right in the middle of your 52-week range. Um, it's got a 1.68% dividend. Um, these guys design, manufacture, and market specifically vehicles and vehicles bodies worldwide. The company's access equipment segment provides aerial work platforms and uh, telehandlers for use in various construction, industrial, and institutional uh, maintenance applications. So you can read all about that. It, it is an industrial. It's a farm and, and, and construction equipment. My thoughts on it, it was funny because I was talking to her yesterday and I'm like, yeah, it just passed up. 86.83 is the, the, the price. It's trading at about 87.20. I don't know that I would necessarily sell out of this, um, but I don't know that I'd necessarily get into this. The algorithm makes you 3%. Buying and holding makes you 2%. Um, positions are 29 positions. You win 28% of the time. Your average win is 10%. Here's the thing that you have to look at. I mean, it, nothing really stands out at me uh, other than it crossed the 200-day and it bounced off that 200-day, which to me would signal a pretty good support level. Um, and if you do have a $92 price target, the problem that I have is, and what I'd want you to do research on is where's their business going? Because um, it's named best places to work. Who the F cares? Oshkosh Defense bags $543 million in U.S. Army order for light, uh, joint light tactical vehicles. That's good. Um, you know, you, you want to look at 22 most ethical companies in the U.S. This doesn't tell me that it's a great business. It tells me that there's just a good place to work, um, which will keep talent around. 
which probably keeps your, you know, uh, let's look at insider tradings. Um, it, God, yeah. All this year, there hasn't been one buy. They've exercised options. All of the senior executives have exercised options. And it looks like around $90 and $77. Um, yeah, they're selling. I don't think it provides a good business. My take on it, but you might see something different. I just don't see anything that tells me that this is going to go up to 150 or 115 it's not a horror, but it's expensive. I mean, the forward PE is only nine. Um, their earnings per share, per share next year is expected to rise by 164%. I can guarantee you that's getting pulled back. So, um, Alexander, I might stay away from that one. Um, yeah, and she's got the algo too because she quotes the algo with me. Uh, Tom from Twitter, I emailed you about this. VKTX, I think this one could go to 16 what does the chart show? Um, remember, it is the same small category as the biotech treating liver disease like MDGL. I sold most of MDGL yesterday. I don't think um, there's much left after the run. So VKTX, let me look for Tom. Um, VKTX, I think that, yeah. Viking Therapeutics. What you have to know about Tom, Tom is a doctor. Uh, most of us, and if you're listening to me on YouTube Live, you ain't no freaking doctor. <laughs> um, Tom's a doctor. He understands this stuff way better. Um, and, and like I always tell everybody, buy what you know. Tom knows this stuff. So I don't play in the biopharma industry um, like some of the earnings. The algorithm makes you 104% on this uh, versus buying and holding makes you 27%. 27% is nothing to scream at. Um, or nothing to say, hey, that's horrible. That's a great return in this market. A thousand positions, or I'm sorry, 39 positions. You win 23% of the time. Your average win is 30%. So it's a super, super volatile stock. You can see you made 51% on just this trade, but it was from September all the way to November. Um, you don't really have a catalyst, but look at that volume that's driving this up. You have a gap here between 413 and 524, Tom. You're trading at 817, but it's got all the confirmation in the world. Um, the RSI is crazy high at 89. I would not get into this, but if you're in it, I wouldn't sell out of it. I'd probably wait for a couple of days for it. My guess is that if you come down to the nine day, which is trading at about $9 right now, I'm sorry, 696, these are my old eyes. Um, and then Tom, if you can invent something where I can see, um, not LASIK cause I'm too scared of those damn clamps that go on your eyes. But if you come down to seven, uh, I would sell because I think that's going to be the start of the move down to fill that gap between four and five. That would be my take on it, Tom. Um, let's see, Tom also VRDN, uh, and Tom tipped me a big tip on his birthday. So I do a lot for Tom. Um, 1972 was the buy-in on November 11th. Now, the RSI is at 72. You've still got confirmation on this, Tom. Viridin Therapeutics. Um, you've got the, the problem that you have with this Viridin Therapeutics is back here on August 15th, when they announced earnings, they announced something big. 
because it gapped from 15 to 19. So you've got that gap there. You've also got a gap here between 23 and 24. It is above the nine day, so and, and it's still trading on the high end of the Bollinger Bands. Um, so I wouldn't get out of it, but I'd probably look at if you got to, I would say 25. If it goes down to 25, I think it's covering that gap down to 23. And if it goes down to past 21, uh, I think you're covering this gap below the, the 200 day uh, and you're going to sink down to 15. But it's a therapeutics. You know more about that stuff than I do. Uh, the reality of this is if you, you know, trade what you know, 100% trade what you know. Uh, let's go. We went over Tesla. I haven't gone over the chart in Tesla. Here's the chart in Tesla. Uh, and why I wouldn't necessarily, I think I went over this on, uh, on YouTube Live. But Carter Worth says, hey, you know, you should buy Tesla. I don't know that I'd buy Tesla right now. Um, I'm not, I remember I got out in, uh, in July, uh, 50% of my position, pulled it out. Um, Hey, what's up? And then, uh, uh, I haven't put that back in. So I've got that sitting on the sideline. I want to put it back in. I think it's like 15, $20,000 that I want to put back in. And I believe in Tesla. I drive the car. My parents drive the car. My buddy works there. It's a great company to work for as long as you're working hard. Um, some of the people who say they don't treat employees right, probably not the best employees. Um, but I don't want to disparage anybody because different people have different experiences. Uh, I wouldn't buy this chart right now. I'd wait for some confirmation above that nine day. So while Carter Worth says, start your, your position, I don't know that I actually would. Uh, oh, Stefan wants Cleveland Cliffs. And before I forget, since it's a podcast favorite. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs, you're out. You made a 7% gain on this one. I think, see that little gap there? It's between 14 and 14.34. Um, it looks like it was filled. And I think you're going to get a MACD cross up here. But the RSI is already at 63. So from a, from a swing trade perspective, I don't think you got much in there. But I, I could be wrong. It's, it's kind of using that 200 day as a resistance level, and it's just kind of clinging onto it. Uh, it's going to take quite a catalyst to jump over that. That would be my take on Cleveland Cliffs. Um, oh, by the way, if you want to look, Zip Trader Charlie did a, a, a great look at Tesla last night um, from an overall perspective. Uh, if you hate Elon for what he did for Twitter and you don't use Twitter, you have no right to comment on that because eh, it's a private company. Um, I, I pretty much agree with what Charlie said, which is, hey, you know, it, it's, it's not Twitter that's bringing Tesla down. It's the macroeconomics. It's just an expensive stock, um, but it's getting better. And he bring, brought up a really good point that GM is actually cutting their... Uh, their electric vehicles forecast. Where do electric vehicles get sold then? That's a uh, Tesla. Tesla's the one who can fill that gap. So if somebody's looking for an electric vehicle, you're going to get a $7,500 rebate next year from a Tesla. Um, you know, you're getting a $7,500 rebate from Tesla today to pick up a, you know, one of the cars that they have in stock. Um, and you can ne absolutely 100% negotiate with them. Um, for cars that are on the lot and done. 
So I, I you know, go and watch Zip Trade Charlie on that one. Um, Costco, another podcast favorite. This is in my core portfolio. Uh, personally, I don't own it. Shocking, but I don't. Four sixty two ten is the uh, the price. It's trading at four fifty five. The RSI is down at thirty. Here's what you have to know about Costco, and here's where I would be kind of eh, gambling a little bit. I might put ten percent uh, of what I want into Costco right now. Say I'm going to put you know ten thousand dollars into Costco. I'll buy a thousand dollars. Um, and I do think that that's a good thing. December 20th, uh, Credit Suisse resumed. Their price target goes to 520. Uh, Tesla Advisory Group uh, outperformed. Their target went to 580. So there's a, you know, here's the PE, 34. I think what they're pricing in is a membership increase, some of those guys. And you do have an algorithm buy-in. You've got some gaps up here. You got a gap up here, 477 to 481. Your 200 day is still at 500. I think 500 is still your, um, your swing. Under 500, I think you can add to it. Over, once it gets over 500, I think you start taking profits. And that's if you identify this as one that you want to trade. If you identify this as one you want to hold, freaking buy it here. Just buy it. And then, you know, five years from now, you'll be perfectly happy. Um, Walmart crossed up Walmart. I, while it's a cross up, I don't know that I'd necessarily add to it because the 200 day it's trading above its 200 day, which is around 138. Um, it's still on the high end of that Bollinger band. You just got out of Walmart on December 8th with a 12% gain, huge, huge move in Walmart. Um, if we pull this, this, uh, volume you can clearly see if we pull that back to, we pulled it back to about September. Uh, there's a volume shelf that it's sitting on right now um, that might provide it some support. But if you, if you go through that volume shelf, you're at 134. So I would be a little bit careful um, because you haven't fully covered this gap down to 141. <clears throat> if you're going to buy it based on this 145, I my guess is you wait until 141, and then I think you could see that that MACD move up. But I, I'm always skeptical above this 200-day um, with a stock that has gone under the 200-day recently. Um, and you can see right back here where they announced this was their earnings back in May, and it was just a bad earnings. And you went from 140 down to 120. Now, trading from the 120s up to the 140s here, great trade. Uh, Snowflake is another core portfolio holding that came up on a cross-up. Uh, 146.76, you're trading at 141. I continue to say that this um, this one is anything under 130. I think you buy. There's a gap here between um, 131 and 127 that hasn't been filled. I, I just I, I can't say buy it here, even though the algorithm says buy it. I think you just wait. It's my take on Snowflake. Um, CEG, um, I posted a, uh, I did a channel last night and let me look at my, here's what we're going to do. Um, where did I post it? Did I post it on Twitter? Yes, I did. So here's the channel that I drew and you guys can see, by the way, that's how you sign up. If you, uh, follow me on Twitter, look at that channel I drew. 
So if you're at the bottom end, and again, it's using this 200-day as its uh, support uh, on longer term. If I were to pull that out, I'll go back to TrendSpider and pull it out. But you can see it's just at that 200-day, 89.66. We'll go back to look at CEG over here. And we'll go to a daily. Um, this is Constellation Energy Group, by the way. And it's, it's a rather new stock. Um, it looks like it just debuted in uh, January 2022. But you do have this gap down here. Uh, the 200-day just started showing up, but it's using that 50-day pretty clearly. And this is a daily stock, daily chart. You're on the bottom end of this Bollinger Band, so I do think that you have the, the movement available to the upside. So if, if you're going to follow the algorithm on this one, the algorithm makes you 29%. You've had uh, 14 positions. Um, 29% are wins. Your average win is 17%. That's because this one, this one move, 49%, uh, was a big one. But you do have this gap here that's still above the 200-day um, between 69 and 70. I don't think you get down there. It's still a fairly, um, they're not making money, but they probably will turn profitable. Year to date, it's up 113%. So um, October 3rd, credit suites outperform $98 price target. So you still have some room to hit that $98, $98 price target. Water time. Mm. Let me see my notes now. CEG was a good one. Boeing, <clears throat> if you want to know where Jim Cramer was right, <clears throat> it wasn't buying Boeing at 220, it wasn't buying Boeing at 240, it wasn't buying Boeing at 300 like he suggested. It was buying uh, Boeing at 129. You're still in this trade. God, it looks strong. But uh, if they re- reinitiate the dividend, this is a $250 stock. So I don't think you get into it now, but eh. I posted the watch list for Vanguard um, ETFs on the private Facebook group. So if you're part of the private Facebook group, um, if you're not, just hit the link tree in the description below. And there's a a Facebook symbol right under my picture. You can join there. Um, There's all the links to the podcast, to supporting me, um, to tipping me. Uh, to changing your phone service to Visible. I've changed like three people to Visible. Um, Remember, your costs are just as important as your income. So you want to cut those costs if you want to live the fire lifestyle. Um, uh, Oh, Jackie. Jackie asked, along with her, hey, how do you trade these triple-levered ETFs? Um, When are these specific ETFs thought to be completely die off? And they don't. So here's what they do, Jackie. Those triple levered ETFs, they do similar to what um, a lot of stocks do. When they get threatening of delisting, like down below a dollar and stuff, uh, because they've fallen, because their fees are so high, they do what's called a reverse split. I got into this with UCL. They did a 25 to 1 reverse split. So for every one share of stock, uh, every 25 shares of stock that you have, you get one. And that drives the price back up. So it just keeps them listed. Um, that's essentially what happens. Uh, oh, by the way, anybody that has TrendSpider, and if you'd like to become an affiliate of TrendSpider, like I am, uh, one of the preferred partners, or if you just want to you know, refer some friends and make some money, 
uh, let me know. I'll send you a link. Um, it's, I think it's the pyramid scheme is what they say. But you become an affiliate. Just like I'm, I'm not an affiliate of anybody in particular. I'm a uh, preferred partner of Trendspider, so nobody gets a piece of my stuff. But uh, I would get a piece of whatever you sell. Um, so if you're interested and you've written your own algorithm or you're sharing it with friends or want to just refer people to Trendspider because you love it so much, let me know. I'll send you a link. Um, CarMax. <laughs> so anybody listening to the news or I, my friend Nikki wants me to go and help her buy a car for her sister. Um, and I've said probably shouldn't buy a car. So if you, if you want to read it, stories about this, there probably is what's called a car bubble. <laughs> You've heard about the housing bubble. The car bubble is probably coming up. Um, with Carvana assuming that they declare bankruptcy at some point in time, um, there will be a glut of used cars on the market. You're already seeing from some of the wholesalers that they're buying up uh, Carvana cars at a lower discount. Um, CarMax reported today they're down 12 percent they opened up at 54 yesterday they closed at 60 so uh they're down at 54 you've got this ascending triangle into earnings it won't continue your rsi is completely down i wouldn't buy into this business it's the used car business it's just it's not going very well so i'm telling nikki let's wait until next year to buy this car uh, that's kind of my thing. Um, let's look at the Chinese stocks are up because of China is reopening. REI, I've led you guys into REI. Um, it's got a button hook and it's not a super strong button hook. And the RSI took off a little bit higher than I would have liked with that little move up. Um, the RSI is at 43. Uh, but the MACD is still hanging above. Let me open this up a little bit. See, it's hanging above the strike line. And it's going to, you know, there's there's a magnet that brings it up to this uh, oscillator, the zero point. So I, I think you can hold on till then um, from this point. If you got in at 235, I think you're probably waiting. But again, remember, do not listen to douche on the internet identify when you get in where you want to get out. If 10%, I usually identify 10% as my maximum loss. Do I listen to it? Hell no. Sometimes, you know, look at some of my portfolio. I'm down like 30, 40, 50% on some of this stuff. So uh, I'm as bad as you guys, but remember my advice to you. Identify your downside when you get into these things. Um, let's take a look at Hype Train Ford because Jim Cramer hasn't been texting Jim Farley recently. And that's why you're seeing this uh, move downward. But you're out of Ford. Um, the MACD is down below. It's not really moving up. Eh, it's, it's not a great um, stock right now, but it's probably getting to a buy. I think at this $11 range, um, you can move to that $13 range. I like it before earnings. It might be a pretty good buy here. But again, from a car perspective, if we're heading into a recession, cars are just going to get killed. Um, that's it for today. So did I go an hour? 42 minutes. I think that's plenty. Um, you know, it's Thursday. Remember, Monday's a holiday. So tomorrow, I don't think that I'd, if you have identified trades, I would probably get out. 
Not that Christmas is going to be bad, um, just that there's probably going to be some. Look at the news. Is there good news in the market or is there bad news in the market? Overwhelming, you mean you've got bad news in the market. So I don't, I don't necessarily think that I would hold on to these and just hope. And Jackie, I hope I gave you your answer. Uh, if I didn't, write to me. Uh, if you guys made it this far, uh, rank me or, or rate me on uh, on Spotify. You can just hit that five star. You can't really write a review. On Apple, go into your library um, and find my show and hit the five star. I've stolen a couple of people's phones. I've put some reviews in there. Um, some of them haven't shown up. I think they know that, hey, I'm stealing the phone and putting in reviews. So, but steal people's phones in bars, put the review in. It's a fun time. It's a way to, you know, talk to somebody you don't know. Say, hey, can I borrow your phone? My friend's got a podcast. His name is Chad. He does a lacrosse podcast. And then just put a review in for me. He'll like it. Um, but I'll be on tomorrow. Tomorrow will be more of a summary day. Uh, today, I'm changing my parents um, uh, from Comcast to Verizon. Uh, tomorrow I will be changing their phone service. And like I said, if you have, uh, if you're paying anything more than $30 a month for your phone service, go down below, change to visible. Um, you know, hit my link tree up. I've got a link to, uh, you get $20 off. I just changed one of my friends. Essentially her first month was $30. It got dinged down to 10. There's no contract, no long-term commitment. You basically just text your, uh, your current provider, you ask them for your PIN, you put it into Visible, you download the eSIM on your phone, boom, you're transferred over. It's within minutes, and you're paying 30 bucks a month. It's prepay, not postpay, but the only difference is when you pay, not how much you're paying, but it's $30 a month. I, I reduced her bill, so she went from paying $70 a month for Verizon service, two gigs of data, constantly going over, getting dinged $15 a month. So it was closer to $85. Had an old iPhone 11. Went to Verizon and they said, yeah, we can upgrade you to $90 a month. Um, and you're going to have to pay, I think it was $600 for a new phone. Um, she went to, uh, went to Visible and got a phone, paying $30 a month for the phone through a firm, which is a buy now, pay later for, uh, service. $30 a month for the phone. $30 a month for uh and she got uh, the 13 pro i believe 30 dollars a month for 24 months for the phone no contract she just has to stay on for 90 days she'll get a 250 dollar uh gift card um from uh visible uh after 90 days uh also she can sell her current phone the iphone 11 to um i forget it starts with a g but just google it uh how to sell your phone 220 dollars for her phone in in good condition so she basically gets a free phone, $30 a month. She's paying $60 a month instead of $85 a month. And she has unlimited instead of just two gig service. So check it out. If you have any questions, hit me up. Super, super simple. But we ordered the phone, came in the mail the next day. It's unbelievable. So I'll be changing my parents over uh, tomorrow from uh, AT&T, their two gig service. They're paying 60 bucks a month for the two gig service. So uh, any questions, hit me up. You know, support the podcast. Use the links below. Thanks, you guys, for listening. I will talk to you tomorrow.